Yo, yo, yo. How's it going? My name is Corbin Ford. You can follow me at Corbin NBA on Twitter. Let me tell you, I love the National Basketball Association, everything about it. And NBA Today gives me the opportunity to talk about it with y'all. The ins, the outs, NBA from all angles, from current hot topics to flashbacks in the NBA's past to literally everything in between. And yes, that includes NBA Twitter. NBA Today is the show for the hoop junkies on hoop ball. Check it out. NBA Today with Corbin Ford. I look forward to talking with y'all real soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Micah Patria, joined by my good buddy Aaron Asmus to break down this Thursday, September 3rd card for you guys. We have a you know nice little two-game card, and it looks like it's going to be two games for a little while again uh, over there, Aaron. But we got uh, you know, a new series taking over while uh, you know the Raptors are going to be trying to claw their way back. But uh, a couple interesting, uh, a couple interesting games. But nonetheless, how's your how's your day? How's your week going so far? We're we're getting closer to Friday, so. Uh, but how you doing? Yeah, man, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's kind of been way almost too exciting of basketball the last couple of days. You know, the the 78 to 80 barn burner in Utah, but that was still somehow really exciting to watch. And um, man, it almost kind of almost feels unreal that we're getting such good basketball to watch and play DFS through. And um, yeah, so things are going well. Yeah, that was an absolute barn burner of a game, and uh, I did I did fairly well that night. I have managed to avoid both you know Murray and Mitchell at their price tags. I, you know, I I wasn't on the train, so I was getting beat by them most of the night. So I never saw the right. you know the right feeling to hop on them. So uh, I rode the wave and eventually finally cashed in on that last one. Uh, otherwise, I, I you know I'd be having some uh, some some light pockets. Uh, you know, Murray <laughs> and Mitchell were just dropping fifty left and right. It felt like, but right. Uh, we got two games to jump into, man. Two interesting games. But before we do anything, just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsors over at Manscaped. Go check them out, guys. Go use that promo code Hoopball20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Uh, get a gift for your significant other. Get it for yourself. Uh, nonetheless, they have fantastic products. And you've probably heard the name a thousand times. Uh, it, it's it's worth the try. So use this promo code. Uh, get that 20% off plus the free shipping. And it's the perfect opportunity to get a little kit. Uh, and then I also want to just give another shout out to our other sponsor, my bookie. Uh, these guys are fantastic over there. Go check them out and use that promo code hoopball, H O O P B A L L. Uh, you get a nice little deposit match and whether it's, you know, NBA, we got the playoffs going on MLB, uh, NFL only about a week away at this point. So, uh, we can have three sports to bet on right now, three primary sports, all great. And you can go do it over there at my bookie, uh, excellent customer service, man. So. We'll jump right into this. Toronto Raptors going against the Boston Celtics. Uh, this game's coming in at a 2:15 game total, uh, and somehow Toronto's still being favored, even though the way the series has been playing out, they're uh, being favored by one point. Uh, so I'll, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, I mean, they, I think they they were the favorite coming in, um, right? So they're maintaining it. Vegas is maintaining that. You know, this looks like they think uh, Toronto still has it and is going to pull it out, but. Um, why don't we start off with Toronto? You know, we have three guys that are priced seventy five hundred or more on that team. Uh, who's uh, some you know players on their team that stand out to you? Guys that you think you could see locking into your lineups? Yeah, on Toronto, 
Um, I think there's kind of two distinct cash builds that I've been working working through um, as kind of pre- up, up to the show. And I think it's kind of building around this little 7K tier uh, in this game with Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown as well on the other side. And then choosing between that and working through either Kawhi Leonard and Nikola Jokic in the later game. And I think my initial instincts for cash games are maybe to look look towards two of these guys. And um, for me, it's going to be Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. I think um, just their their minutes are just are just so secure in this matchup. Um, their Toronto is playing at most eight guys, and that's only if foul trouble happens. Um, they've both both guys have really shot poorly in the series, and partly that is partly due to the perimeter defense of Boston. But you know, if these guys are going to keep getting these shot attempts, and you know, Fred, Fred Van Vliet was twenty two field goal attempts the last game. Um, yeah, I mean, I want that. I want all of that forty three minutes. That's it's just too cheap for that kind of role and that kind of minute security. Yeah, I'm with um, you. I'm with you on both those guys. Uh, Lowry and Van Vliet have been two guys that I've been, you know, basically playing all throughout playoffs because of the minute security, uh, the volume shot attempts. We've talked about Siakam kind of struggling with his shot and being a little bit more timid. Um, yeah, I it's think really, I, really strange, really strange with Pascal. I thought he was kind of, um, during the regular season, he was pretty much their alpha, more or less, and he's really taking a backseat to the guards just the whole playoffs, it, it seems like. I think, you know, it's a little different, especially in playoffs. Rotations get tighter. Uh, star defenders, you know, it's gonna we're going to see it eventually. Uh, if it ends up, you know, they get past Boston and the Clippers end up in the finals, uh, you know, the guys like Kawhi, Paul George, it's tougher to perimeter defenders. They play extra minutes. They step it up a little bit. And now he's the focal point. I mean, during right. the regular season he was, but, you know, during the regular season you guys, you got guys kind of resting, guys, you know, missing games here and there. And, uh, he, he was one of those guys kind of that, you know, took four months off during COVID, but didn't have a basketball hoop and didn't have any you know time to really shoot either. So um, if, if you had to pick between uh, Van Vliet or Lowry, you know, you're only playing one of them. I know that they're, it's, it's almost like splitting hairs. I think I prefer Lowry in this matchup. But I wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, I mean, it really is splitting hairs. Um, like if, if I were making 10 tournament teams, and if I wanted to have these guys in, I'd probably have five Fred Van Vliet, five Kyle Lowry, and just kind of split them that way. I think you can play them together. I think that's perfectly viable. Um, Fred Van Vliet having some shooting guard eligibility kind of boosts him a, a little bit because um, there are some really good other point guards on the slate. You know, there's Kemba on the other side. Um, if you wanted to play Jamal Murray in the later game, um, I, I would probably lean uh, Fred Van Vliet, though. Just it. It's the weirdest thing, but it definitely seems like he's kind of taken over as their lead offensive scorer uh, in in these competitive games. And he's just absolutely launching from three throughout the whole playoffs. Um, so I'll take the little more aggressive Fred Van Vliet if I had to choose. I can't argue with it. And then how about anybody in like the, the front court? I guess, you know, the, the corpse of Marcus Saul and then Serge Ibaka at 6,100. Any interest in either one of those guys? I mean, I think I think Serge has to be in play. You, you probably know a little better than me, but I think Serge has to be in play for tournaments. Um, he's really consistent role, and he's kind of just a massive usage rate coming off the bench. Um, he's I think his minutes are fairly well capped, 
but he's still really affordable at 6,100. So I would, I would look to Baca in tournaments. And then I'm looking at OG at 5,100 as kind of a staple cash game play. Um, it's kind of feels weird to say that, you know, 5,100 is a value play. Um, just under normal circumstances or a normal slate, we'd probably avoid that. But the fact that we can pretty much lock in 35 minutes in a competitive game um, and, you know, he kind of showed last game that he does have some scoring ability. It was carried by his three point, his four three point uh, field goals, but he also didn't have any box or steals in that game. So, uh, which is kind of where he usually gets his upside. Um, so, kind of my favorite cash game play so far is going to be OG at 5,100. All right. I, I mean, he's he's been very consistent. The 12 shot attempts in that last game, um, I probably expect you know that to go down a little bit. I don't think we can expect twelve yeah. shot attempts from OG every single game, but he gets it done in so many different ways. And right. you know he's going to be tasked chasing Tatum around for uh, you know most of this most of this game. I mean that's like pretty much why they why they love OG. Uh, otherwise they put Powell in there for his scoring. He is a defensive stopper. So um, and then I guess the only other person worth talking about you know would be Pascal. I kind of gave my my you know premise on him already. Uh, I, I do think he's in play just simply because of the minutes he's going to be playing. If they're going to keep playing, right. you know, him a boatload of minutes at power forward, uh, you know, we have other guys we could easily play there, but he, he's still a pretty fair price tag. So uh, not one of my priority plays. If I'm playing, you know, 10 lineups, he's probably going to be in two of them, maybe uh, maybe three, but not going overweight on him. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be like, because it's a two-game slate and that's just kind of the way it goes, but... I think Pascal of kind of these more expensive spends of guys, you know, 7.5K and above, um, I think you'll probably get, he'll be one of the lower owned guys of that tier, um, which if, you know, if you're trying to win a tournament, that's, he, he obviously is going to have the upside with, you know, playing 40 plus minutes. So Absolutely. All right, we'll slide over to the Boston Celtics now. So we got Jason Tatum, 9,200, coming off of a great game, another 30 plus point, actual point game. Uh, Kemba at 7'7", seven, seven, Jalen Brown 7'4", so the three-headed monster. We know these guys are always in play. Does one of those three guys stand out more than the rest of them for you? Yeah, so for tournaments, I think Tatum is going to be my favorite tournament, tournament play of the day by a pretty significant margin. Um, I played him the last slate, the last time Boston was on this, uh, on DraftKings, and he was pretty much forgotten. He was kind of in the high... You know, I think like 18, 18 to 20% owned, um, which is kind of amazing for a guy with Tatum's upside. And I think on this slate where you have Kawhi, who's $1,000 more, going to soak up a ton of the ownership, Jokic and Murray are basically the same price. I think they're going to soak up a lot of the ownership in that range. And you have Paul George, who's $1,000 cheaper. And then you kind of have all these, you know, 7.5 to 7.9K guys. And, um, that we've already been talking about, um, it's kind of it's kind of tough to to fit him in. So I I think you you're just getting access to really large upside on a guy I think is not going to have very much ownership for a two game slate. I am right there with you. Out of the three of them, he's definitely my favorite option, and it's not just because of the price tag. I I think you know Jalen Brown getting a little boost, uh, seventy four hundred. It's a very fair price. You can you know he can return forty points and pay that back pretty easily, but um, you know, I I I don't feel like there's that much upside. It's been a little bit more timid. And when it comes down to Jason Tatum, it's all about how aggressive he is. Right. When he get when he gets to the free throw line, he puts up monster games. That's simple. 
Uh, you know, when he gets to eight, anywhere between eight and twelve free throw attempts, he, he's locking in fifty, you know, fifty to sixty DK points on those nights. So, uh, I think that he, you know they kind of saw that in that last game, and I'm hoping that he stays that aggressive. Um, you know, I mentioned on the last podcast I was kind of sticking away from Kemba Walker. Uh, he said after the first game with Toronto, following the game, his knee was sore. He felt fine. He said, but. You know, it's just soreness. It's something he said he feels great, but it's a little sore and something I'm just, you know, working right through. I should, I'll be fine. I'm not taking any time off, but uh, that knee's yeah. been a little bothersome for him. And, you know, I don't, maybe it was the knee or maybe it was just a bad shooting night, but he came out and shot one for eight in that last game. And, you know, with at 7,700, where we're looking at those other guys on the other side, Van Vliet and Lowry, I just prefer them. Uh, it's just that, that easy for me. It makes the decision easy and allows me to go to Tatum as well. So, uh, what about some of these ancillary pieces, Marcus Smart and uh, you know Daniel Tice? Any interest? Yeah, uh, I, I think Tice is kind of my gold star cash game play of the day, uh, just because he got that power forward eligibility. Which for I'm not really sure why he got that power forward eligibility, but uh, that just opens up so much being able to put him at kind of a weak forward spot. Um, and then that lets you still get to Jokic, get to Serge Ibaka, get to uh, Zubac in you know in the later game. Uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of the same same deal with OG. You know, I think Tice is going to be is their guy in this series. They're going to play him as much as they hum- as humanly possible. Um, he's historically been a really great fantasy fantasy point per minute producer, and. Yeah, I, I, they just kind of need him in this series, and we're we're looking for anything we can just to, for any sort of secure minutes upside. And you know, at fifty three hundred, that's that's qualifies as value to me on this slate. Absolutely, I'm with you. Um, I I don't mind playing some Tyson. You said it, it's it's that power forward eligibility that we get with him. I think that's going to be really important on this slate. Uh, and then I look at Marcus Smart sixty three hundred is a little bit too much for me. Uh, keep in mind this, you know. Two two great defenses. These aren't going to be the highest scoring games. Uh, you know, I don't I don't feel like you know going overboard on either or uh, either team is completely necessary. I think you know maybe going with a little bit more balanced exposure throughout uh, all four of these yeah. teams might be might be my approach for the night. But not really playing smart. We'll have some shares of Tice. So we'll move on to the uh, the final game. Let's do it, man. We have the Denver Nuggets going against the L.A. Clippers. Uh, 2.23 game total, 8.5 points spread with the Clippers being favored. Uh, we'll start off with this Denver team. Uh, Jamal Murray said it himself. He, I don't, I don't know if you had a chance to see it, the, the post game when he uh, found out that they didn't have two days off. Did you catch that? Oh, yeah, the face. The, it's like <laughs> a meme on Twitter. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's what? <laughs> Uh, I think every DFS player looked at that and was like, whoa, okay. Uh, you know, yeah. let's, let, me, let me think about that. But in all reality, I'm sure, uh, you know, 24-hour turnaround, they have they have trainers on site, ice baths. I'm sure he's, he's going to be fine. But, uh, you know, now we're looking at these two guys, Jokic and Murray, only separated by $200. Uh, tough matchup going against the Clippers. We know what their defense looks like. So uh, I'll, I'll let you kick it off. I'll let you, you know, dealer's choice. If you want to start with the backcourt, the frontcourt, uh, up to you. Yeah, so I, I want to start with Jokic and Murray, um, and just the fact that they're even there's even a discussion is kind of crazy to me. Um, you know, I get Murray was dropping fifty points in you know seem, seemingly seemingly every game, but it was just bas- just fully sustained by unsustainable shooting. Um, and we saw that last game once that shooting fell off, you know, he did, his fantasy production just completely fell off a cliff. 
Um, so I'm I'm hoping that people go back to the Murray well again here, um, and they kind of avoid Jokic because Murray was almost twice as owned as Jokic was on the last slate, uh, which is just crazy to me. I I couldn't understand it whatsoever. Um, so I guess maybe that might be a hot take. I guess, but I I would play zero Jamal Murray in all the Jokic. Um, any that's, any thoughts there? Is that is that that's a, my ears? <laughs> that's that's exactly how I felt, and I don't think it's a hot take whatsoever. I think, you know, a this isn't the same matchup. Uh, you know, Mike Conley's a great defender. Don't get me wrong, uh, but they were they they he was the way he was working around screens. He was getting his shot, and it's like that Jamal shirt that uh, Jamal Murray coming off uh, around the screen kind of handoff shot from Jokic. Uh, yeah. He was getting that. Uh, he's going to have a couple of guys up in his grill. And, you know, when you look at the way to attack the Clippers, uh, I always say it, the way I like to do it is in the front court uh, to take an advantage. And, you know, that's perfect for Jokic in this type of matchup. I expect things to get back down to normal. Uh, by yep. game three, Murray will probably be like 8,200 or 81. And even at that price tag, it might be a little hard for me to play. But in uh, in three games versus the Clippers this season, Jokic has averaged about 28 minutes and 45 DK points. You got to expect it being playoffs. He'll probably end up playing, you know, somewhere in the mid-30s. Uh, and all of a sudden, you talk about a guy that has a 50, 60-point ceiling again. That will be in everybody's good graces and under 10K. So I'm with you. Absolutely love Jokic on this slate. And I, I think there's just so much left on the bone with Jokic. Um, I, I think a lot of what happened with Denver in that Utah series was Murray was so freaking hot with his shooting that, you know, they, they just kind of rode with it. They're just like, okay, you, you know, Jokic gave up usage, you know, having the offense ran through him. And I think we, we kind of saw it in that last game, you know, the 80 to 78 barn burner that once Murray cooled off, everything went back to going through Jokic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, once he gets he, he gets his assist rate back up and starts passing again, and um, just the super secure minutes minutes floor, you know, he's I don't he played, you know, in the last four games, thirty nine, forty three, thirty six, thirty nine minutes uh, for ninety five hundred, and just guy with probably the best triple double triple double upside, getting that bonus on DraftKings. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just no contest uh, to play Jokic over Murray. Yes, sir. I'm with you. He's he's the, my top tier expensive guy. Even looking on the other side of the ball, Kawhi Leonard, I still prefer Jokic over him. Um, what about some of these ancillary guys? You know, your Porter Juniors, Grant, Millsap, Gary Harris is now back into this rotation. So, uh, anybody else on Denver kind of catching your eye? Yeah, I think the three guys I want to focus in on are Grant, Harris, and um, who's the third guy? I'm blanking. Uh, Millsap, Porter Jr., maybe a little Monte Morris action. Uh, I don't even know if there is. Tory Craig, sorry, (laughs) I I, I couldn't find him. Um, so these these three wings, I I think, are gonna have to play a majority of the time. I uh, we saw last series that Porter Jr. He's just not ready for the playoffs, which is fine. You know, he's he hasn't had a ton of NBA experience. Um, he just he just can't play defense yet. He just was exposed just constantly. It seemed that one that one game where it seemed like Utah went at him almost like ten straight possessions, and he he's just not ready. And you know, going into this matchup against Kawhi and George, where you know perimeter defense is going to be at a premium, I don't see how they really get him matched up uh, for very many minutes in this series. Um, so I think 
my my lean is to really you know Tory Craig at thirty six hundred, Gary Harris. Hopefully, he's able to ramp up his minutes into the thirties at forty two hundred. Uh, are both in strong consideration for me in cash games. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the Harris call. I mean, the, the slight uh, minutes increase over the last two games, twenty one to twenty six. Uh, if you you know <clears throat> maybe he doesn't get the thirty, even if he gets a twenty eight at forty two hundred, that's not that bad of a price tag. Um, if, if he's able to run out the minutes, they're going to need him. They're going to need his defense. Yeah. Uh, there's not too many guys that could recover uh, and kind of you know change the direction like Gary Harris and you know seal off that that little gap that you'll see on a lot of pick and rolls and be able to help out. So I I do um, I love Gary Harris. He's one of my favorite like under the radar type players. Not for DFS necessarily always, but uh, just somebody that I think is a lot more valuable than people give him credit for. Right. Uh, real, good real life player. Absolutely. So at 4,200, um, you know, he's, he's not, he's not shy. Uh, he's only two of 13 over the last two games, but he's starting to shoot a little bit more too. So you can, uh, you can sign me up for um, a little bit of Gary. Uh, and I don't mind playing Grant either. I mean, he's basically the best defender at this point. So he's going to have to play minutes and, it's not flashy. It's not wonderful. You know, the price tag's not fantastic. If he was like 46, 45, I'd feel a lot better about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's got some of those defensive stat upside. He's like a, you know, a poor man's Robert Covington. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's a lot more poor than, you, than you'd hope for. <laughs> um, but shout out to Rocco. Having a great game right now. Oh, I haven't checked. Um, I definitely played him tonight. Oh, yeah. I had some, I, I had some solid shares of Rocco. Nice. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, I mean, I don't mind your Tory Craig call if you need it, if you need to go down there. And it has that both guard and forward eligibility, so it makes them easy to kind of just end your roster with if you uh, if you have to. Uh, you know, I never trust them fully to, you know, let's say build around them. But um, if it fits and rounds it out, why not? So we'll and, slide I mean, in certain roster builds, again, this is kind of a, a hedge on me thinking that I don't think Michael Porter is going to play very much, if at all. And then they just need the wing defense um, so much in this series. And, you know, if it takes Gary Harris a little while to keep ramping up, then, um, mm-hmm. you know, for 3,600, if you can give me 28 Tory Craig minutes, you know, that's, you know, I think that's perfectly fine, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I, I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a bad play. Um, right. I just don't know if I'll need to go down there in every single lineup. I think sometimes yeah. uh, when value presents itself, and you, you know, you, especially a guy that's under 4K, and he's basically the only value. Uh, you know, sometimes you just don't need to go down there. So I don't know if I will. I'm going to probably build multiple lineups. I'm sure he's going to be in maybe one or two because I will try to go, uh, you know, try to get two studs in there and at least a couple of these lineups. Uh, it's going to be tough, but uh, we'll slide over the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, I kind of already gave my sentiments on it. I think he's a, you know, he's a fine play. Don't get me wrong, but I still prefer Jokic. Um, but how are you feeling? Yeah, so kind of my initial lean um, going into for a build is build around Kawhi and build around Jokic. And that's kind of why I'm talking about, you know, Torrey Craig and Gary Harris to fit these guys in. Um, I, I just don't know what to really say about Kawhi. He's, he's just been an absolute monster this this. In, in the playoffs so far, I think he's probably been the best player uh, in the playoffs. And, you know, he's just his minutes floor is so secure. He's shooting the, shooting the ball really well. Um, I think he probably gets an easier matchup than he had in, he had in the last series. Um, I, I, you know, I think these Denver wings can, are, can really struggle keeping up with him. 
Um, yeah, I mean, 10.3, it's, it's, it seems expensive for Kawhi, but I'm starting to consider, you know, he, he should probably be pri- priced close to Harden and Giannis just in the, his current context and his current minutes role. Well, it's always nice when he flashes. Like, you know, sometimes we forget the kind of upside that Kawhi Leonard truly has. And right. uh, we, we got to see it in that last ga- uh, game against Dallas where he dropped 71 DK points. And he does have that 70-point upside. You know, we see the 50s and, you know, just about the touching 60s almost on a consistent basis. And at that point, yeah, you, you know, 10-3 is a little too cheap for a guy like that. So um, I prefer Kawhi over Paul George. I mean, the, the difference in salary at 2100 uh, it. You know, it puts them both in play. It's all going to depend on yeah. your build. You know, you're going to want one of these guys in most of your lineups. You don't necessarily need them, um, but you're going to gravitate towards uh, gravitate towards wanting one of them just to have some exposure. Uh, it's just the way things generally go, unless you're stacking up on the earlier game, uh, which tends to have a little lower game total. But um, I, I, Paul George has been tough for me. I just still don't think something's right with his shoulder. Ever since that first game, the first series, he was icing it after that, after they dropped that first one. So. Ever since then, and ice on it again, ice on it again. Then you know, I know he said he was dealing with anxiety and everything, and I'm, you know, I'm glad he, you know, shout outs. We talked about it, that. He, yeah, he got to get through that and you know, talk about that. Uh, but right. I don't think that's just what it is. I'm, I, I'm, I'm still like adamant that his shoulder uh, is bothering him. But 8,200 is still a fair price tag for him. But let's talk about some of these bench pieces. Uh, you know, Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell, both these guys. Uh, you have any interest in either one of them? I, I'm I'm just out on Montrez. Um, I I don't think they can play him um, right now. Um, I, and I you know Zubak got up to 33 minutes in the last game, and um, he's just he just looks so bad just throughout the whole playoffs, and not really to any fault of his own. You know he he's been off out of basketball for five months, and you know trying to get up to speed in the playoffs, the NBA playoffs, for goodness sake, but. Uh, I mean, 4,400 is cheap. It's a good tag for him, but um, I don't. I I just I I think Zubak is is the direction I want to go in. Um, you know, he got up to 33 minutes in the last game. Um, seems like Doc is fin- slowly starting to figure out that he kind of has to play Zubak as kind of their the anchor of their defense. He's done a really good job as the anchor of their defense, and I, I just think Jokic would tear up Harrell in this series. Um, so I, this, it's just not a viable matchup to me. And at 4,800, you know, if Zubox getting, uh, 28, 30 minutes at that price tag, um, it's kind of the same thing we've talked about with OG and Tice. You know, if, if we can lock in this minutes floor, you know, this, you know, 4,800 is kind of what value is these days. Um, right. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it playoffs and, uh, you know, I think I was uh, explaining this to one of our listeners, um, and it's you got to view every slate as a whole. Uh, you know, no slate is the same. We got to throw out everything that we're used to from regular season on what we consider value. It's all value relative to what we have available on the slate. Right. Um, so, you know, Montrez, Harold, Zubak, I think both these guys are very much in play. Zubak, obviously, probably making more sense for cash, but Harold, I still think it's an excellent tournament play. Uh, eventually, you know, we, we know what he could do, and it's just it's all about the rebounds and how aggressive he's going to be, uh, how his conditioning's feeling. He's actually crushed the Nuggets this season in two games. He's averaged uh, 25 minutes and 42 DK points. Um, so he's had no mm. problem getting his against them. You know, some of that was in garbage time, I believe, in one of those games. But, um, you know, I, I still know that tournament appeals there for me, and everybody else is watching those game logs. And, you know, you get him on a low-owned night, and he smashes, he gets you at – 
you know, 4,400, we really need 2,530. He has 40-point upside. Uh, if we get 40 out of a guy that's 4,400, you're going to need him to take down any sort of GPP uh, or, or slate in general. So yeah. I, do, I do have interest in both of these guys. Um, and even a little bit of Lou Williams. Uh, not a whole lot. I, I know he's played well in this matchup as well. I think he's averaging about 32, 38 DK points against him. Um, but, you know, 6,200, I, I, I'm probably just... You know, looking at some of those other guards who are seven a, and I, I know I want to play one of those Toronto guards. I know I want to play Jokic. I want to play a little bit of Tatum in some lineups. And you know, once we start getting up there, you you got slim pickings. It's hard to get another guy. It's like six two hundred in there. So we're gonna have to figure that out and you know, mix and match a little bit. I think. Yeah, I think Kim and Marcus Smart just kind of, if they were you know fifty five, fifty six hundred, then yeah, they're in a play. But they're kind of in that no man's land pricing, where you know we want to be up paying for Kawhi, paying for Jokic, paying for those kind of, those 7k, those 7k plays and then going down to you know the ties, the Zubak, the OG Anunobi, Jeremy Grant tier. And yeah. there's not there's not a whole lot of room to fit kind of the, these 6k guys. Yeah, and he's he's been, you know, having being a little limited over the past two games. Doesn't mean he's like completely eliminated from tournaments for me just because uh, you know, guys struggling two games. We know Lou Williams upside, but I also forgot to mention right at the top of this that Patrick Beverly, uh, you know, he's questionable coming in. Uh, but Doc Rivers came out and said that, uh, you know, the way things are looking, he's expected to, uh, you know, make his uh, his return. So probably going to be extremely limited, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so. But it's another guard. It's another point guard where minutes are going to come away from other people. Probably mostly cut into a little bit of Reggie Jackson. Um, but, you know, it's, it's another reason why we can just not worry about Murray as much, especially with that price tag. Is If Patrick Beverly is even on for 10 minutes, that's super annoying. Uh, nobody wants to deal with that. But <clears throat> I don't know if it completely removes Reggie Jackson, though. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask. Um, I was looking uh, pretty heavily at Shemet as well. Um, if Beverly, I don't know if Beverly back really kills Shemet. I think they kind of really like what the spacing he's given them since he's kind of entered, he's entered the rotation uh, four games ago. Um, 3,800, it's, you know, if we're trying to get all these expensive spends and, and he does have point guard, small forward eligibility, um, which is, which is super nice. Um, I'm gonna throw I, I, I don't have a ton of interest in Reggie Jackson, um, but curious to hear your thoughts on Shemet. I want to ask you, uh, who do you like more than Shemet or Torrey Craig? Both have that guard and forward eligibility, uh, very similar price tag. So if you had to lean one, one way or the other, which way would you lean? I think I would play Shemet, um, just more offensive upside. Um, and again, I, I think they really like the spacing he's he's been providing them. And yeah, I think just more of an offensive player where Craig, you're you're just more or less hoping he falls into two blocks, a steal, and, you know, scores eight points to kind of get to value. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't I don't mind looking at him. Um, I probably – I wouldn't – I don't know if I would trust him in cash games. I am a little bit worried with Beverly coming back that, you know, I'm, that's kind of my – I think I still prefer Reggie Jackson over him. I think that's the way I'm leaning, even, mm-hmm. you know, regardless. Okay. I think that, you know, I want the guy that's going to have some of that bench usage. Um you know, Shemet, it's it's tough. I don't I don't even think he's gonna get thirty seven. I'd probably peg him more towards the high twenties. Still sharing a lot of usage. Not gonna completely rule him out, but I think I prefer Reggie Jackson. I think with Beverly back, a lot of people will hop off of him very quickly. But 
Uh, he, we've seen this guy just get stupid aggressive from time to time where he's not afraid to take three, four, five shots in a row, uh, regardless of whether he makes them or misses them. So not really probably in love with either or, though. I don't I don't know. I'm not you know, I'm trying to sit here on a soapbox and play Reggie Jackson either. Right. Uh, but, you know, if you if you need the value, um, which probably won't. And if you if you do, you're probably going to be looking for it at a different position. Um, he's definitely there for you. And I think that's that's pretty much it. Other than Marcus Morris, uh, that's the only other guy that we really haven't touched on. And I, you know, uh, as as a Mavs fan, I won't say too much. I, I don't I don't have any bias towards anything like that in DFS. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's absolutely ridiculous, especially in season long leagues where people, you know, I don't like that guy. Or I think it was in baseball leagues this season, people were like I'm not drafting Astros, and I'm sitting there like, okay, uh, you know, right. I'll take some, some Astros to fall. Yeah, man, he can't. He, you know, one makes his money, the other one doesn't. You know, so. Uh, you know, should be seeing minutes back in the 30s. Uh, it's it's a solid matchup for him. I don't mind taking a look at him at 5400. You know, very similar price to OG. Uh, so I was going to throw you that one too. If you uh, you know OG or Morris, which guy would you be more leaning towards? I think I'm. It's definitely close. I think I want OG though. Um, I, I his his minutes his minutes ceiling is just too good in this spot you know they they have to have him on the floor they need they need his defense on tatum on Jalen brown um whereas i think morris's minutes are just definitely quite a bit more volatile in this spot where you know i could i could see a situation where you know og has 10 10 more minutes than morris um both good plays i probably lean morris in tournaments just because of that volatility of you know his his style of play and you know, if he he gets twenty, he can easily get you know twenty real life points. Um, yeah, I think I think we'd lead OG and Cash Morris Morris in tournaments. I don't I don't mind uh, fifty four. I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I think OG has a nice safe floor. Um, I'm kind of leaning more towards Morris though at the same time. So I'm I. I I, I'm going to plant my flag on Morris over OG. I'm going to take the opposite stance of you, and I don't think there's a right okay. or wrong answer. I, I just, you know, uh, going, going. I don't even know if it's going against the grain. I think it's really, again, one of those situations where you're splitting hairs. They got both these guys right. priced extremely uh, appropriately. And, you know, he, I, the more I think about it in this matchup, um, it's going to, you know, this first game is going to be indicative for the series, you know. Uh, we saw a guy, like, on the other side of this, like Paul Millsap, be extremely limited against the Jazz, but... You know, him and uh, we, we might even see a little bit more Millsap, depending on how many minutes they decide to play Morris. Um, it's got me thinking about that side of the ball. You know, I hate to switch back over to Denver real fast, but at 4,300, you know, they're going to want to use Jeremy Grant, I think. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, as much as they could on a guy like Kawhi or George, on one of those two guys. No, they're gonna for wanna, sure. So if that's the case, you know, they don't necessarily have that other guy that they could throw in the front court to go against your Morris. Maybe if it's they might even run a little Harrell. Um, alongside Zubac for two or three minutes. Um, and Millsap might be that guy. I mean, he's been playing terrible. He's basically in the same breath as a guy like, you know, Marcus Saw. But uh, 4300 is a great price tag for a guy that, you know, could get you 25 to 35 in a tournament. So I, I didn't want to flop back and forth. But the more I started thinking about Morris, the more I'm starting to think about, you know, it's still not that ideal matchup for Millsap, but it's definitely a better one considering, you know, they play a little bit bigger uh, than the Jazz do. Well, yeah, I, that kind of goes along with my theory that where, you know, I think that Grant 
uh, Craig and Harris are basically going to have to play all the two and the three minutes, you know, defending Paul George and Kawhi for, you know, four eighty combined minutes of the game. Um, so that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for Grant to slide down to the four in this series. Um, so yeah, that's 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 a great call. You know, I think you know I Millsap very likely could get back, you know back into the mid twenties, you know mid twenties in minutes, and at forty three hundred, you know that's that's a pretty good value. It's yeah, it's the it, a lot of risk associated with it, and you know that's why I say just uh, just tournaments. You know, it's not a guy that you're gonna you know, make a foundational value piece all around, uh, but he's there if you need him. You know, why not? I guess there's there's worse uh, options. You know, when we're talking about guys, you know, not the knock on Tory Craig again, but uh, when you just look at like raw upside, uh, you know, I'd probably give the edge to Millsap if you're talking about guys' ceilings. Yeah. The floor is probably going to go towards Craig just the way that they've all been playing, but uh, he still has some of that you know thirty point upside in him. So, all right, buddy. I think that is everything we have right here. So uh, before we take off, guys, if you have a quick moment, we'd really appreciate it if you guys go and give us a nice rate review. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, YouTube, wherever you're listening. Uh, it means a lot to us. It allows us to keep producing some wonderful free content for you guys. Uh, you know, keep stuff uh, in front of the paywall. That's the, that's the way I like it. So uh, give us a nice thumbs up, rate, and review. Our sponsors really appreciate that good stuff. And then uh, give us a follow on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And you can find Aaron Telmare, where you can find him. Good people. Yeah, I'm at Asmusports, A-S-M-U-S-S-P-O-R-T-S. Absolutely. And if you're not following Aaron already, you are missing out. Uh, please do uh, bother him with your questions. That's why we are here. Uh, and, you know, I've been getting, a, I've been getting more DMs lately, uh, DM requests, just people, you know, Saying kind things, and uh, I really appreciate it. You know, uh, here seeing that kind of stuff. That's cool, is, man. Yeah, man, it, it's it's a wonderful feeling. And uh, you know, shout out. Uh, I don't even want to misspeak, um, but you know, Tammy. Uh, she said she's a loyal listener, and uh, you know, she gave you a nice little compliment too in there, and said that she uh, she loves listening to us both together. Uh, so you know, it, it's it's nice, and I wanted to share that with you, Aaron, on air because I know Perfect. you're. You're relatively new to this, man, and uh, you know when you when you get to help people out and you get some reciprocation and some love back, it's uh, kind of the reason why you like to do this stuff, man. It's a, it's a great feeling. So thank you guys. Uh, continue doing that. We love to see it. Uh, it's a wonderful thing, and uh, yeah, you know, great stuff. Cool, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. I will be on with my main man. Ooh, yeah, I'll be on with Brenton. Is it, no, I won't be on Brandon. I, I'm so terrible at the schedule. I think Santino, I think Santino's on. God, who knows? Maybe I'm doing a show every week, man. Every ah, week. I gotta get this down, man. I, I, you know what? It's it's a mind in a million places, but there will be a show, people. That's that's all that matters. So we'll be we'll be back tomorrow, guys. Thank you for listening. From everybody over here at Hoop Ball and DFS today, have a great Thursday, and let's take down a GPP. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.